0: Hey there, we are live on Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley, where you will hear 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. I'm Dory, and I'm here by myself today because my guest was not able to make it, and that's okay. Musicians are busy. Everybody's traveling and doing gigs, and that's what they should be doing. Some are in the studio. Today we're going to be talking about how you can make your own luck in the music business. But first, let me tell you a little something about me. In case you didn't know, I own Next Stage Entertainment, which is a booking agency mainly. I also do promotion and sometimes management for serious musicians, bands, and solo artists. I also own Rock the Next Stage, which is a coaching and mentoring business both for musicians and entrepreneurs. Now, in the past 16 years, that's when I first started Next Stage Entertainment, I have seen a lot of fans and solo artists come and go. I've also seen many who have approached me looking for gigs. Now, keep in mind that I have screened well over 1,000 bands and solo artists. I kind of stopped after 1,000, but I've got to be at least 1,100, maybe 1,200 by now. But I've only booked hundreds. Well, only, yes, it is a large amount. But you see the discrepancy there. Not everybody who inquired or who I went out to go see got booked. And why is that? What were they missing? And how did the others get some really slamming gigs and opportunities, high-paying festival gigs, some open for national acts, some tours, some are still out there doing their thing? What was the difference between the two groups? Well, I'm going to keep it real here, so I hope you're ready. Grab a tasty beverage (laughs) and, and sit back. A lot of people think they're ready to gig and to get those opportunities and to start booking shows, but in reality, they're not. They haven't put in the time necessary to hone their skills, and this means crafting really good tunes if you're out there doing originals. Band really needs to be tight, and, man, those vocals better be awesome and definitely on key. If you're going out there, you won't have auto-tune. So you better be ready and prepared to have enough projection and enough power in your vocals. We've talked about this with other guests on the show. we were talking about singing techniques. If you are still singing out of your head space and you're not pulling up air from your diaphragm because you were never taught properly how to sing, especially if you're on stage with a band, you really have to have a lot of power then you're not ready. You might have to really consider signing up for some vocal lessons. You can do that online or in person. Because even though your family and your friends think you're awesome, and of course they're always going to say you're great, chances are you may never have had an objective third party to review your tunes, either online or in person, to give you an honest opinion. I used to do this all the time for the bands that I booked. Even the ones that were super good, they would always ask me, how did I do today? And I would give them feedback. And that's how I became a performance coach, along with many other duties that I have. Because somebody needed to train these guys and gals so that they would understand how to make their performance better. So number one, you've got to have the skills. You've got to be able to stand out in the sea of people that are vying for the same slots. I do a lot of festival gigs and special events. And then the amount of people that apply for just a handful of slots sometimes, it's overwhelming. I try to make it easier for the festival organizers by telling them, hey, we could just push the easy button right here because I have a roster right now of 20 festival-ready bands. Not all of my bands are festival-ready or just a good fit for festivals, and I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, they're going up against some seasoned performers who are perhaps more polished, more professional. Maybe their vocals are better. Maybe their tunes are better. You know, different venues and different gigs are looking for different things. So I've probably mentioned this before. Just because you didn't get an opportunity often just means you weren't a good fit. So that could be part of it too. So, yes, you're probably wondering, is it luck? Is it leprechauns? How are these people finding their pot of gold? You knew I was going to throw in some St. Paddy's Day references. (laughs) We're two days away. So there you go. But, yeah, it does take some research, first of all. Research or competition? Well, I hate to say competition, but see what the other bands are doing. How often do you go to other people's shows? Let's be serious here. Most bands I know, and I even have a Facebook group specifically for NC bands and solo artists. That's the name of it. Not very creative, but there you go. Because I'm in the Raleigh NC area, and most of the bands and solo artists that I book are in North Carolina. I do have others that are out of this area but I've already screened them online. People need to know what are they getting. So, yeah, sometimes as an assignment, especially for the young ones, (laughs) I would have them go out and review different bands, you know, privately in their heads, don't (laughs) go go up to the person, and just make a mental note. What did the band or solo artist do right? What did they do wrong? What do they need to improve? And are you making any of those mistakes on stage some of those mistakes could be you're not talking to the audience at all how boring is that nobody taught you about stage presence or stage banter and the importance of engaging your audience so either you're tuning your guitar all the time and not talking nothing but dead air (laughs) that's no fun Uh, you're not even chilling with your band members you're just kind of standing there like you're frozen in place. Not very exciting. That is not a good festival band, in my opinion. I would not book you for a festival. I need bands that are high energy, that have really good tunes. They're fun. They can engage to an all-ages audience. That's another important thing for festivals. You're going to have a lot of families and kids walking by. So there are certain bands that I would not book for a festival because I'm afraid they might just slip and drop the F-bomb on the mic. You know, I do read them the riot act beforehand. So far, so good. But you just never know. Or maybe your tunes or your personal style, the way you dress, just doesn't fit with a festival. Yeah, it, it is a different vibe. But, yeah, those are some high-paying gigs, 45-minute set. You can do really well. Much better than if you're performing three or four hours in a club or a sports bar or a restaurant. So if you want the big opportunities, then you're, you might need to see how professional are you being? What's your look? what's your sound? what's your style? Are you able to engage the audience and keep the show moving along? Do you have a, a nice variety of tunes? If it's all originals, that's fine, but generally speaking, you might have to throw in a few covers just so let people recognize some of the tunes. So how much material do you have? That's another question. If a band wants a gig and they only have about 20 minutes worth of originals and they just refuse to learn covers, I can't offer them a whole lot because most Even your opening slots, most of the slots that I have available are at least 30 minutes. Usually 45, sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. You might need four hours, again, for a sports bar or a restaurant. You can't be saying yes to something that you know that you, you can't do. So don't stretch the truth. Don't lie. If you're not ready, you're not ready. So make sure the types of opportunities that you are applying for are a good fit for you. So that's another question. How are you applying for gigs? Are you sitting back and hoping people are going to find you magically? (laughs) Or are you actually doing something to start that whole process? If you're booking your own shows, do you have a designated person in the band who's doing the booking? Hopefully the answer is yes. Does that person go after clubs or what are they doing exactly? Or do they drop the ball and not follow up? Oh, personal pet peeves. I have a saying that there's a, an awful lot of bands out there, but those who inquire are the ones who get hired. You don't ask, you don't get. So if you're, you're expecting these venues to find you, that's not the way it works. They're, you're usually extremely busy and they are, they're expecting either you or your booking agent or manager to inquire and initiate the process. Hopefully you've done your homework so you know exactly what kind of venue it is. You also should know what kind of bands have performed there. That gives you an indication of what they're going for. Some places have a certain vibe for Example, they might only book blues bands. If you're a punk or metal band, that's probably not a good place for you. By the way, you guys are getting a lot of free tips that were in the Musician Success Formula. This is an online training program I created. I'll run it again soon, but hey, uh, there you go. You're getting an extra bonus today with all these cool booking tips. So yes, make sure you're a good fit. You might also have to Look at some other opportunities that you might not have considered, and those would be your festivals and events. You can find those by Googling them or just checking your local towns. Keep in mind that festivals are usually booked six months to a year in advance. No joke. And they all have budgets, and they usually have sponsors that cover the fees for the bands and lots of other things. Sometimes they'll have a stage sponsor, for example. You should know that going in and don't throw out a price. Ask them first. What do they need and what are they paying? And then shut up. I'm not kidding. Don't, don't if you hear silence, don't start backpedaling and say, oh, I better offer them a, a discount. Maybe I'll we'll do it for 150 Not for a festival. Dude, seriously, especially not for a band. You can get way more than that. So know what you're up against. Do your research. Know what styles they're looking for and know a general price range so you're not spouting out numbers that you're either way too high or way too low. You'll knock yourself out of the running if you're way too high. But hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. I always go really high because everything's negotiable. But I also have to be serious. My bands are all at different price points for different reasons. Some of them have opened for some really big names, and that's worth something. Some have toured, some have won awards, like Carolina Music Award winner Jason D'Amico. You know, that's worth something. He's played House of blues, also worth something. I've got some country artists who have, opened up for some really big names in the country, I've got some Christian artists who have opened up for big names as well. If you don't have all of these extra bonuses and perks, then it it really would be hard to, you know, go for top dollar. You have to be realistic. So price yourself accordingly. If you're new and you're just starting out on the other extreme, don't give away the farm because you're still worth something, (laughs) obviously. You've got talent. You've got the skills. Don't give it away. Know your worth. They are getting your services, and those are your music and your talent that you spent years and years honing. You spent hours practicing for the gig, plus the travel time back and forth, plus, plus your gas expenses and everything else. That all factors in to your price. Bands who need to travel to a gig more than an hour or so I up the price for them to cover their travel time and their expenses. So if you throw out some low ball number, you'll be known as the cheap band. I'm not kidding. Sometimes that might work for you, but you'll never be able to bump up from there. You can always come down, but it's really hard to bump up once you've set your price for yourself. So don't do that. And also... Consider the fact that there's some full-time musicians out there. They do. And if you go in with a really low price and steal away their slot because it was a price issue, that's really not fair to them. So make sure that you're being competitive, you're being realistic, but you're also being professional. Hey, if you've got the skills, to me it doesn't matter if you're doing it part-time or full-time, but don't undercut somebody else just to get the gig. All right, so let's talk about where are you going to find opportunities? Are you actually networking at all? We've had different guests on the podcast mention this. If you're not familiar with this term, my fellow entrepreneurs are very familiar with this because we go about all the time. You might have seen some of my pictures on Instagram, on Next Stage Dory on there, or on Facebook. And yes, I do go to other people's workshops, special events. Sometimes these meet and greet things where you just go out and chat and exchange business cards and things. That's to raise awareness for me, my brand, and my different companies. I go to different things based on what I'm pitching. If I'm pitching my drumming business, for example, I'm a speaker and a drum chick. I do interactive drumming events and I also do inspirational speaking gigs as well. So I will hold back and I won't be talking about the bands on that particular day. So yeah, know what kind of event would be a good fit for you. You might want to consider conferences and workshops in your area. There's others outside the area too that you might want to take a look at. You might also want to consider going to open mic nights and jams. I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes right about now and I'm oh man, I'm way too experienced for that. I don't go to any stinking open mic night story. What are you kidding? I get it, I know what you're talking about. But there are a lot of high level jams and open mics that I've discovered in my area that I thought, Whoa, this is <laughs> this is really raising the bar. These are guys that are very experienced, but they just for fun, they like to come out and jam. I've met a lot of interesting people that way, not only future podcast guests, but also other musicians that I can collaborate with. Maybe they need a percussionist, or you know, maybe they're looking for a band member or a gig or whatever. So it's always good to get out there and see who's doing what. Network, schmooze, talk to them. Don't be shy. Also, keep your eyes and ears open. As you might have guessed, I'm not exactly shy, so I don't have any problem jumping in to other people's conversations. I know it's rude, but I do try to respect their boundaries and all. But, hey, if my ears perk up when I hear, I'm doing an event and I just don't have enough fans, oh, you know I'm all over that. I don't run across the room, but I will definitely move in and say, oh, I happen to hear that you're doing this event and you don't have any bands. Well, isn't that a coincidence? It just so happens that I have some of the best bands in this area and they're going to blow you away. Would you like some information? And I might mention a few names or I might mention who they've played with or I will hype them up like crazy. And, of course, they're going to be interested in What I have to say, and of course they're going to want to follow up, because I just helped them out. They were looking to fill blobs quickly, and they were pulling their hair out. And, you know, again, is it luck? Is it synchronicity? Is it divine intervention? Call it what you will, but sometimes it's just a question of being in the right place at the right time and speaking up. If you don't say anything and you walk away, oh, man, you just blew a possible opportunity. It also helps to go to other band shows or mingle with the bands that are on the bill with you. Don't just show up and play and leave because when you get to know these people and chat it up with them at all, guess what? They will remember you. You might become the go-to guy or gal. They might remember you and think, oh, man, we have a band member who's sick We can't make the gig. What are we going to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember those guys. We hung out backstage. They were really cool. You don't think that happens a lot? Guess again, it does. There's been a lot of people who have jumped in at the last minute because I needed a band, because there was a cancellation or somebody got sick or something came up. I have a handful of my top bands. I call them my Dory's Top ten. And even within the top ten, there's probably my top three go-to people that no matter what, I know they're going to try to make it happen. And some of them are out of state even. But that's how good they are and that's how professional they are. And, yes, sometimes they're even willing to do a gig at a little bit less than what they normally get because I just gave them an opportunity in this state that they might not have had before. So I gave them an in. It might have been with a festival or with a big venue or who knows where. So yeah, be polite, uh, be respectful, be professional. Do you have business cards? You should. Nothing worse than going out meeting a band and they don't have anything on them. I'm sorry, but I'm not exactly 20, so I don't have you know the best memory. You know, I'm not. I meet a lot of people too, so it's really hard for me to remember your band name or you. If I have a card, I'll, I'll take it home and I'll make sure that I'll put your information in my contact list and all that, and I'll look you up. Also, don't make it hard for booking agents or event people or or, or, uh, venue owners to book you. How are you doing this? You don't even know it, but it's so, so common. Number one, you don't have contact information anywhere. It's so silly, but it's true. The bands that I can't find or they have broken links, or they don't have a decent video, or they don't have decent tunes, Uh, their photos or their videos are questionable at best. Again, my reputation is at stake. I'm not going to put people out there that are going to do something questionable on stage or that I have to worry about drugs or booze or whatever else because, again, it, it reflects back to me if somebody shows up and they're high as a kite. I only work with certain bands for a reason. I'm one of the few Christian promoters out there, so I book all kinds of bands. They don't have to be Christian, but they do <laughs> have to keep it together, and they do have to adhere to certain things. And if I pick up things that I don't like, I'll move on. If I can't find how to contact you, I'll move it on. If you don't look professional and your online presence is sketchy at best, forget it. Also, I look for interaction. How how many fans do you have on your Facebook page or your Reverb or band camp pages. Number one, because venues want to know that. I probably covered this in a previous podcast, but just in case you missed it, I'm throwing it out there anyway. Also, if you have a, a page or you have your social media accounts, are they dead? <laughs> uh, did you set them up and then abandon them and you haven't touched them in months or even years? Not good. People like to see that you're, you're posting stuff on a recent and frequent basis. If you don't have any shows on your website or your Bandcamp or Reverb Nation pages or your Facebook fan page, if you don't have any recent shows, it looks like you're not doing anything. I don't know. Maybe the band broke up, you know? You have to realize what kind of message you're sending to the people who are trying to hire you. Keep everything fresh and updated. That includes photos. You know, we want to know what you look like now, not 10 years ago. (laughs) Uh, We also want to see photos that are... Am I professional anyway? That means no selfies, no blurred photos, no picture of you with your pets or your kids. Um, you know, nothing that looks like you just threw it together at the last minute. You don't have to have a band photo where everybody has matching outfits, certainly. But you do have to some, have something that looks like a professional shot. Another question for you would be, do you have an EPK, an electronic press kit? A lot of bands do. It makes it really easy to market. They're very easy to obtain at a reasonable price. So take a look at that. Again, you got to see what your competition is doing. You're not, you cannot expect to get gigs if you are not upping your game. It also shows me how serious you are as a musician, band, or solo artist. If you are not going to jump on opportunities that I throw out there, and this does happen sometimes, Time is of the essence. And again, if the first one requires it gets hired, usually I usually reach out to several bands at once. It might only be for one or two slots. If you don't get back to me at all, then guess what? I think it's the first two that did get it. Sorry. You snooze, you lose, as they say. So make sure whoever you have appointed to be your contact person is keeping up with things. I know a lot of you have day jobs and you might be teaching music or you might be doing lots of other stuff. It's hard to keep up with this stuff. But watch your emails, man. Especially if it goes to Gmail, stuff can get lost pretty easily. Check your spam folders. You know, take a look on a frequent basis. So yeah, those are some of the top things that I look for. First of all, the band's got to have loads of talent because I only work people at a certain level. If you're not quite there yet, I will be honest and if you want to schedule a complimentary consult, I can do that. Just shoot me an email at Dory D O R I at rockthenextstage.com or you can go to my website and fill out the contact form there and we can set something up and I'll give you my honest feedback and opinion. If you're not ready just yet, I might recommend some performance coaching, preferably with me (laughs) Uh, at to get you to that level where you need to be. Hey, if you're ready, though, I'll tell you that right off the bat. I'm blown away, man. You won't won't need to do much of anything, and you might not even know how good you are. So, yeah, I'm going to definitely tell you all that because who knows? I might be the first person that has shown you what types of gigs you could be doing and what opportunities you could be getting, but you're not going after them, either A, because you don't know they're out there, B, you just don't, don't think you're ready or you don't think you're worthy. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a Wayne's World reference in my head now. But, yeah, you you just don't know. It, sometimes it takes somebody to, to really shake things up and say, man, I can, I can put you here, here, and here right now. And I hate it when somebody says, but I'm not ready. And what do you mean you're not ready? Oh, I don't have enough tunes together. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're killing me. I really, really love to promote people who are really, really good, as you can tell. So uh, I put a lot of heart and soul in this and a lot of extra hours that, that people don't even get charged for. So I'm not the type of booking agent that's just looking for somebody, anybody, warm bodies to put in a slot and then boom, you know, she moves on to something else. No, I uh, try to stay with my bands every step of the way. They do get a lot of extra (laughs) TLC. They don't call me the ultimate band mom for nothing. I don't care how old you are, you can still use the band mom to make sure that you have all the details in place and things that you may not have considered. So that's more on the management side, but even on the booking side, I'll let people know a few things to give them the heads up. So yeah, make sure you're getting yourself out there. Make sure you're connecting with other bands and solo artists and people in the industry. Believe it or not, we are so busy because we get so many inquiries per week. It's not a question of you. We're trying to blow you off. We just didn't get to it. So if people don't get back to you right away, It's okay to check back in with us. Sometimes it really helps. You don't want to be annoying and check with them every single day because times uh, it just takes somebody to say, hey, Dory, remember me? Got anything going on? Well, it just so happens I do. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, you were right there, right place at the right time. Boom, there you go. So consider those opportunities. The people who are out there getting those awesome gigs and and getting those things that you're seeing on Facebook and everywhere else in case you're wondering, oh, my gosh, they're working it, baby. They're out there doing what they need to do. They're taking themselves and their music very seriously. They realize that they call this the music business for a reason. It's a business. You've got to treat it like that. So you can't be very, you know, casual about the whole thing because there's other people out there that are, either way more polished or experienced or they just have it going on that are they're making it really easy to book them. And if you're making it harder on people, then you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So that was just a review. Again, if you have any questions or comments, just contact me. I'm very accessible on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. <laughs> Instagram, as I mentioned. Or you can just email me at dori at com. So if you go to rockthenextstage.com, you will see lots of other information. You can sign up for my mailing list. would love to have you join my tribe. I give out tips every week and sometimes a story and a heads up on what's going on in the newsletter. And you can also see links to previous podcasts if you go to the podcast tab on the website to keep that updated with all the replays. So cool. So take a deep breath. And just take this one step at a time. Go back and see, is there anything you need to tweak that might make it easier for everyone else uh, to book you and also to help you make some more money? So, hey, you know, I can't promise that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but you can get a whole lot more gold if you know what you're doing. So till next time, folks, this is Doris Staley with Rock the Next Stage signing off next week. We are having a... A guest from Canada, who's actually a country music singer-songwriter, so that should be really interesting. She's also gotten some placement deals, so can't wait to hear about that. So join us next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another half an hour of tips, musings, and motivation. Hope you guys are doing well. Keep on rocking. Finishing out with a little Russ Corvey from Dora, North Carolina. This is City Beat. Look him up online and shout, give him a shout out. Bye for now.